thank you for joining us for another episode of the Elm City Lit Fest podcast. Thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday. Today, as we celebrate National Poetry Month, today we have some phenomenal poets from the area that we are excited to chop it up with and get into deeper conversation with today. We also would like to say thank you to Social Ventures Partners of CT for sponsoring this um, episode and this podcast today. Um, Elm City Lit Fest was honored to receive a grant recently from them. And we're just super excited for all the programming we are getting together for the summer and our upcoming festival. We are already working on it and planning it. It's going to be out of sight. Um, so let's dive into today. Today we have Yalan C. Say. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? We have Lawrence Logic Taylor joining us. We have Julian Mean, aka Brother Bear. We have, we have Philip Alexander joining us today. And we have the lovely MK Calero joining us as well. How's it going? Hello, hello everyone. How is everyone doing on this lovely Sunday? Well. <laughs> pretty good. Weather's nice. Great. Yeah, it's pretty good, you know. Definitely the sun is shining today. They gave us a good um I'll say good weather. It's definitely been up and down. I don't personally trust it. I think it's all climate <laughs> change. <laughs> um, but let's go and tell the folks um a little bit deeper about yourselves. Um, we'll I'll call on someone and let's kind of um ping pong, okay? Um, so let's start with Brother Bear. I love that name. I love that name. I love this energy I'm getting. <laughs> I actually got it because everybody sees the necklace and um yeah, everybody starts calling me Brother Bear. I'm from Hartford. I'm 20. Uh, I go to Central Connecticut State University, and I started writing about three years ago. Uh, I'm actually now part of a collective of writers called The Transcribers, my friend Oso that I started, co-founder. Um, yeah, we, we just announced um, actually an event coming in May, and we just set out a submission cast for some poets. We need at least 10 poets for the event in May. It's just gonna be a little poetry slam. Um, so yeah, that's just me though. Tap in. We love it. We'll definitely we'll get some more information on this event because we definitely want to keep pushing as we have this platform. It is to just continue that cycle of information. Um, MK, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, I'm MK, um, also known as Michelle. Uh, I'm originally from Newark, New Jersey. Um, I came up to Connecticut um, for school up in University of Bridgeport and I uh, got my bachelor's there and I just kind of, Connecticut kind of just grew on me. So I just stuck around and I got my master's uh, up in Cambridge, Massachusetts uh, in creative writing, writing for young people. And primarily I'm a, I'm a young adult fiction writer. I've always uh, been, I've always loved young adult literature. Um, always wanted to write young adult literature and uh, poetry was something I started to write in high school, um, more as like just an ex an expressive art um, and mostly therapeutic, and a lot of it in the in the beginning was really bad. But uh, you know, as I 
as I honed my craft and I learned more about poetry, um, I kind of gained the confidence to kind of share it with others other than myself. I love that. I'm geeking. I'm from Newark too. That's <laughs> why a lot of folks from Newark end up up here. We come up here to go to school and then it's like, okay, <laughs> it's pretty chill up here. You can know it's a little bit quieter as well. So I love that. Um, Philip, would you like to go next? Yeah, of course, definitely. So uh, my name is Philip Alexander, born and raised in Bridgeport, Connecticut. You know, I've been writing poetry uh, since I was younger, maybe about 10 or 12 years old. I didn't get into it too serious until I went to college. I performed a couple of times. Wasn't uh, wasn't my best performance, but I got up there and said what I had to say. And through me performing and seeing that I needed to work on my craft, uh, we now have what we call gang poetry, which is what I'm, what I'm one of the founders of. And with that, we just give people a platform to come up and say your poetry monthly. And um, I'm just grateful that you guys have me on here today. You know, I'm ready to just get right into it. It's an honor to have you. It's interesting how I ran, how I learned about gang poetry. I was at Hook and Real, and I and I ran into Roz. Okay. Roz was actually my server at the time. We were just talking. He has like amazing dope energy that you just get into conversation with. And he was like, "Yeah, I do poetry. I wanted to invite y'all to this event we're having." I was like, "What? Tell me." Tell me more about what you do. He was like, yeah, my folks were down in Bridgeport. We're having, a, it's live, but we also are a collective of artists. I said, this ain't nobody but God. Tell <laughs> me more. So we definitely connected the dots to make this happen. And we would love to hear a little bit more about um, gang poetry when we um, get a little farther. But that's dope. Definitely. Omicron. <laughs> What's going on? Um, my name is uh, Yolan Cisse. Um, I am 27, going to be turning 28 at the end of next month, actually the end of this month. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey. I'm from South Orange, so uh, Jersey gang. Um, but uh, I currently live in, um, in Anacostia, Southeast Washington, D.C. Um, I'm a beatboxer, and um, I've been doing that for pretty much my entire life. I used to get in trouble a lot, so, you know, be on punishment, just kind of practicing noises with my mouth. Um, to make a long story short, it wasn't until I got to college and I um, met up with this artist collective called Usive. Shout out to Josh and Dante. Those guys are dope. Um, they kind of gave me the confidence to really kind of go out and, um, you know, express this art to people, you know. Um, so I recently just got into poetry um, through an initiative with uh, DC Spit That. Um, they have this uh, um, program they're starting up called Spit That Academy. And how they presented it, I thought it was just kind of a way to kind of, you know, work on my performance skills as a beatboxer. But um, after doing like a bunch of research, come to find out it's for poetry. So I was just like, you know what? I figured, um, you know, your artistic expression kind of like goes through like a lot of boundaries. So you can always learn a lot of stuff from uh, doing different crafts. So um, I'm gonna be doing that. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot to say, but I guess we'll just save that for the show in a nutshell. It'll come out. We we get all over the place. Um, and last, but certainly not least, Logic. Taylor. And so as being a pocket, actually, I actually stopped doing music for a while. Actually, past like, and I've been other endeavors uh, such as my clothing line. 
came to the first performance of Gang Poetry, and it definitely it sparked a flame to get me back into poetry. So shout out to Phil for that, because he definitely was a boy in the first, he killed it. So it definitely sparked I'm back oh man like i'm i'm hearing it but it's going in and out is it going in and out for other folks okay we i got i got some phenomenal pieces though i got the shout out to phil i got that you're doing you have two clothing lines as well um that you had kind of took a break, but then, but it seems like energy iron sharpens iron. When you got into that room and you heard these brothers spit that it put a spark in you. And I think that's what we want poetry and art, the arts to do, to put that spark back in someone and keep that fuel ignited. Okay, um, we're gonna, gonna see if Rev Kev, what, what tips he has, he'll probably make it happen. Um, so, can we get into some poetry just off the rip? Okay, I don't I don't want to put any pressure on anyone, but if anyone would like, Phil, my brother, I see, I feel the energy. <laughs> I feel the energy. Give the people, give it to the people. I got you, I got you. So um, this is something I have, it's called um, Fix the Washing Machine. All right, so shattered broken glass. In a street of open graves, the roads been paved by slaves died with their given names. Stricken, beaten, battered, tarred, tattered, literally set in flames. Made to be forgotten, newspapers wouldn't even say our names. Only claim to fame was in the hood, but that shit all the same. That's the only thing that let him know that he ain't die in vain. What a curse. They don't know me, but they want me off this earth. Wanna stop my reproduction? No more black babies of birth. White sheet to a black bag to a tabletop to a hearse? I'm sorry my blackness offends you, but no need to clutch your purse. They ask, why is all this money filthy? Cause we got it out the dirt. Didn't need no Oxfords and no button ups. They said, fuck your college shirt. We gon' make a way when there's no way. High pain tolerance for hurt. Your intolerance diminishes my acknowledgements. You're worth less. Less ground? Cause it's too deep at the bottom, it's a pit. Must be why they put us here, cause they knew they would forget. A hollow surface had collapsed, causing a hole in the ground. Throw in a little conflict and they'll keep on sinking down. That indentation caused the trench. I guess that's why we say the trenches. When you open up your eyes, man, you'll have so many questions. The chronicle is relentless, suggests you pay attention. Everything that was will be again. The cycle's endless. Can you talk to us a little a bit about what made you name it washing machine? So fix the washing machine because the cycle is broken. So uh, <laughs> basically, when you have a broken cycle, like when you think of a cycle, you think of a washing machine. So I'm like, fix the washing machine because you, you want to fix the cycle. Everything that we saw 40, 50, 60 years ago is now happening again. Everything that happened is going to represent itself. So the way I see it is if you don't fix the cycle, that washing machine is going to be broken forever. You're never going to have those clean clothes that you want unless we fix the actual root of our issues. These metaphors are going so deep. 
is going so deep, right? Because you can call the repairman, you can call the Maytag man and get all these band-aids. You can get these laws, you can get these these movements, these trends of activism. But if you don't nip the problem at the bud or at the root, then you still are in this hamster wheel of the same cycle. Holy moly. Is anyone getting tingly? It's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, can I tag you in? Yeah, sure. Um, let me see. I was scrambling in the beginning to see what to uh, what I can give you guys. Uh, here's a short piece. It's uh, it's called uh, "Due to Inclement Weather." Growing up is nothing like what you see in movies, and it is nothing like what your parents tell you. Growing up is sudden snowfall outside when the weatherman told you to dress for rain. That's it, that's the short one. <laughs> Loving it. Thank you. I love it, that was, that was to the point, but still powerful at the same time. When you created that, what did you want folks to get from it? What was the message you wanted folks to stick with? Um, that, uh, that life, things that happen in life is uh, often go, don't go as expected. Um, I've learned to kind of live my life by a quote from, uh, from my uncle, which is live life in the unexpected. Um, in that sense, it's really just kind of rolling with the punches, right? So, um, you know, I think as kids, we have this kind of imagined uh, future of what we think uh, adulthood is going to be like. And then when that, I, at least I found that that transition was much harder than I could have ever imagined. Um, so I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted to say something in a more, uh, say that in like a subtle way and, uh, you know, hope that people can connect with it. That's a fact. I can second that. I feel like getting older and getting grown was like, it was, it was an accomplishment. Yes. Right. But no one ever broke down what it truly means to be grown and on your own. It's not really okay. Well, I can go where I want to go. If you don't got no money to go anywhere, you won't be doing anything (laughs) as much as freedom, autonomy and agency you have. If you haven't got your cookies together or, or, you know, you got a situation going on for yourself, then you really SOL. And I think about <laughs> as kind of to the, the cycles that um, Philip spoke about, when you're getting older, if no one in your family has gotten out of a cycle, then you're really left on your own because everyone's going through their own hamster wheel and there aren't any resources allotted for you to like, okay, I don't know. I'm not coming from nobody with a trust fund, okay? There's no one I know who was like, okay, well, they got a business. Well, you know, you could work from them and start from there. No, it was, I came, like, I came to Connecticut. I said, cool, it's quieter here. We, we're going to make it happen. I didn't know anybody here, anybody that I now know. I had to meet off GP. And I think a lot of growing up is relationships. Because if you don't have anybody to to fall back on, or if you've been out here planting ill seeds, you will have an ill harvest. I agree. Mm. Well said. This is also a dialogue. I can see it in both of We don't have to. This is definitely a conversation back and forth. So, there's anything you want to 
longest folks aren't talking, feel free to jump in and spit or is it something that other someone else um says that you want to um speak to um so brother bear can you give us a little something take us on a journey a little ride uh, okay um this this poem is called pray my soul um yeah i'm gonna just get into it so i guess i'm not your average type situations i've been through left me half as nice in some cases guess i had to write see but what I've been through, I wasn't acting right. So I picked up a pencil and let my thoughts be a sacrifice. Are you still listening? Forgive my lack of layer penmanship, but I've chosen to be blunt with these next sentences. Let me take you through a story of a black boy who didn't want to be in mourning, but well, see, they chose war for me. I've been shot down, choked out, locked down, even broke into my own house, killed my girl, and they keep wondering what I'm fighting about. Bruises on my neck, bullets in my chest, Scars on my wrists and it's all for a check, nah, it's power. And that's some shit I can't respect. They put so many bodies in the ground, yet I'm supposed to be the threat. Bet I am. And I'm going to make sure you never forget the names of the people that you laid to rest. So soon you may see me on your phone, on your TV. Hopefully it's just this video, but maybe I get too greedy. Red Black Power on the station and my name in graffiti. Try to duck out, but I've never been too speedy. So when they catch me, I'll be another BMTD. Plastered on the news, oh, you won't believe me. But it's really true, I'll become another repeat. Blast from the past, don't act like you never seen me. Now it's all on you, they calling you to the streets, B. Protesting my name, but I feel like I got set free. From a world in pain, see, they tried to deceive me. Said my skin was to blame, but my brother said I'm kingly. Time to embrace it. It feel different breaking out the matrix, but before you become a soldier, you gotta go through basics, so let's face it. The mm. system so we gotta break it down in order to fully change it pushback is a given we've been killed in many cases pulled over knock knock different date but the same sh they spent the last hundred years being a stereotype so we can take it so i'm done being silent by any means we need to make it and if that means peaceful protest cause of silence they may come down to full and defiance riots and violence they're gonna try to calm us down to keep their clients but they can't break me down to take my crown which like i said they can't take me down but i've been radical lately soon they gonna lay me down SWAT team, my machine gun, or grenade me down. And if they do, tell my brother, just hold my people down forever to foes, balance your soul. I die on my feet before I live on my knees, 10 toes down to six feet deep. Peace. Okay, okay. I knew he was going to take us on a journey, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. So, we gotta, we gotta talk about this. We definitely <laughs> have to dissect what just happened. So, starting with the the last line you said, um, ten toes down, I'd rather die on my knees. Like, can you? I, that I'm, I feel like I'm messing up the words due to excitement, and I know I am. But I, I remember one. I, I already were was familiar with that line very much. Ten toes down, like that's what I, we say that back home, and that has been a mantra of mine for some time. That's helped me prevail through a lot of things. Can you talk about that? That those last two lines of of the poem you just spit. Um, when I when I think about when I think about like what the gut, what the history of who I am and who we are as a people. Uh, you know, it's always about the system keeping us down in, in a way. And 
I'm not one to to just lie down and, and let something happen to me that I don't want to happen. You know, I feel like we got power and all that. So, you know, when it comes down to it, if I really have to, I'm not just going to lay down. You know, I'd rather die on my feet than, you know, to live on my knees, basically. And if I'm not, if I'm not, on, if I'm not on my 10 toes, then I'm going out. That's really it. That's how I see it. Yo, actually, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I actually got a question. So what's your actual like, like a uh, process for writing? Like I, I just started and I'm like still having a hard time really kind of getting my thoughts together. And, and that like, that seems like a really intricate piece to kind of have figured out cadence. And it's like, how's it, what's your, what's your process look like when you write up, when you actually write a poem? So it, it, it can differ, but usually I write in spurts um, kind of. It, I don't really finish anything until it clicks. Um, so I might have something like I might have like a, an idea and I'll write it down and I'll make, I might not come back to it for like another month, to be honest. Um, so this one, it like it took me a month to finish, but uh, I started with there's a Freddie Gibbs song. The reason it's called uh, Pray My Soul is because there's a Freddie Gibbs song in the song. He goes, pray my soul to keep dear Lord, lay me down. The SWAT team might machine gun or grenade me down. And that's why I got that mm. last one. So I started with the last part and then I kind of worked my way backwards, if that makes sense. Um, the other poems may not be like that. Uh, other poems, I might start with the first part and it just clicks one day and I'll be like, oh my God, I gotta finish this. I gotta finish this. <laughs> like, so, like sometimes I just get headaches and I'll be like, no, nah, I have to write this or I'm gonna, it's gonna bother me. So. That's usually I don't really sit down to write anything. I can't really give myself prompts or else I'm not going to come up with anything because it's just going to stifle my creation, I guess. Um, but I don't know if that really helped. Nah, that, that helped because um, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm taking the, the Spit That Academy classes right now. And um, one of the things uh, um, uh, Crochet Kingpin tells us is to, like, you know, never really erase anything because, like, uh, you don't know like if that one line will be the one that'll be like your next piece, yeah. you know what I mean? And just even saying that you didn't come back to that for after a couple months. But like, I feel like with me, like, I just, I don't know if it's like the ADHD, but like I get like super scatterbrained because it's like, oh, I have this idea. Wait, that didn't sound right. Maybe I don't want to put that down. Oh, uh, maybe I should add this one. And like, uh, next thing I know, I find myself like all this stuff on the page and like, I don't know where to begin to kind of connect it. Like I'll have an idea, but I don't know a clever way to actually connect all the pieces together. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I do. Go ahead, Phil. I feel like that's the best thing about the creative process, though, because you can have all of those ideas. What I do personally is I write in my notes. So I'll have a thousand ideas going at once. Boom, one thing will come to me, I'll write it in that note. And if I have another idea, I'll put it in a different note. And as I'm writing it throughout that process, say I'm reading different things, I'll go back and I'll put them together. So now I have two totally separate ideas that I have from two different notes, and I put them together and made it flow into one piece. So it's like, with the creative process, I never want to limit myself. I always make sure I write everything down and I go back to it. I tweak it. And yeah, bro, you just got to you just gotta let everything flow out of you naturally. And I never try to force anything. I just want everything to come very genuinely and generically. Like, Yeah, I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. I, so much respect for thoughts, man. This is... <laughs> I love that this was actually one of the questions that I had. And I kind of want to stay here for a little bit. I, I know we have two more folks who, who, who we have to spit a piece um but let's talk a little bit more about the creative process because what i'm hearing is that it's really much better to i don't consider myself a creative i consider myself the connect 
the organizer <laughs> in the background, like how we all got here type joint. That's really me. I'm the bigs to the to the Dame Dash and the Hove. Um, 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 but- I per- I personally don't I don't throw out anything in the and for me I don't know about anyone else, but when I if I don't write something down as soon as it enters my head, it's once it's gone, it's gone, and I hate that. So I have mm-hmm. I have actually dedicated pages of like one liners that come to my head and like in my like Molsky notebook I have like just it's just called lines and it's just all one liners of they could be anything it doesn't have to be poetry it can be like it can be um, something for fiction it can be something for a post um, but I just write it all down there and and actually when I when I want to write and kind of draw inspiration sometimes I just look at those pages with random lines just to kind of draw inspiration and uh, kind of slowly piece things together. Most of the time I don't use the lines, but uh, sometimes I do. And it's, uh, it comes in clutch farther later on down the road when you're working on a piece and if you go back to an idea, a previous idea you had months or weeks ago and it just kind of clicks. Brother Logic, when you write, how is that? Is it like a logical process for you? Um, or is it more of a free flow process? Um, well, when it comes to poetry, um, I really just go by how I feel at that moment. Um, sometimes, yo, know, honestly, I can I can drive inspiration from anything. It could be TV, it can be other music, my music, um, whatever mood I'm in, um, moment, um, but. Uh, Usually, when it comes to music, me personally, I, I, I feed off uh, the beat that I'm listening to. I see a beat as like the start of a canvas, and then I just add on my own little portrait to that background of the canvas. Mm. And I know music, it seems like music and poetry are kind of like romance languages. Yeah, they're hand in hand. I mean, like I said, Tupac was the, is a prime example from poetry to rap. You know, and that's what actually got me even started. Like, my mother did poetry when I was a kid, and I used to like watch her write her poetry and listen to her poem. But Pac was the main influencer. Um, yeah, because I, I just thought poetry was one thing and rap was something totally different. And then I'm like, I'm listening to Pac and I'm reading his poetry book, and I'm like, hold up, like these are raps, like. You know, <laughs> so definitely. I'm like, hold up. If he can do it, I can do it too. So, yeah, definitely. His poems in the rose that grew from the concrete are, are it, it's deep. And I feel I, as a, as a, I would consider myself a hip hop scholar that rap definitely is poetry. I feel mm-hmm. like it definitely that that's at the root. Folks were telling the story of what happened. You're telling yeah. about the Bronx in the 80s. Like you're, you're literally telling oh, a reflection. I- of what's that's, happening. That's what, that's what music is all about. That's how it started. It was all about self-expression. You know? But, so yeah, who are some... That's, to, I'll be honest, I feel like it is a dying thing with like, that the self-expression, I feel, is it's not as strong as it used to be. But you got artists like Cole and Kendrick which really definitely influences self-expression in music. And I think that's the most important thing. See, that's an interesting conversation. Let's can we can we talk a little bit about self-expression 
and self-expression and I would say in music, right? Since we're kind of on a music tip right now. I feel like the young folks today, they kind of, they get a bad rap because it's like, they don't, folks are like, where is, where's the Rakim? Where are the sentences? Where are, you know, where, where are these bars? But I, I, part of me really feels like that that self-expression is really with the producer now. Like it's kind of taken, uh, switched a little bit before folks listen to the MC. But to me, it's the producers making the bread right now. It's the beat. It doesn't matter what they say because the beat is what is carrying folks in. So how do you all feel about that? So like, I, I just want to say that like, this is literally just history repeating itself. Cause like, um, even when you, you look back at like older generations, it was always the older people always looking down on the younger people with the music that come out. Like, oh, you're listening to this rock and roll. You should be listening to abandoned swing. What is this devil music? And you know, and then uh, the next one is, oh, uh, you're listening to hip hop. You should be listening to good old fashioned Motown. I don't know why you're listening to these lyrics. You know what I mean? And it's just the same thing that's happening today. It's like, oh, you're listening to, uh, uh, to Takashi Six Nine, what would happen to people that were listening to Tupac and and Biggie Smalls and, and, and Rock Him and all these people? Like honestly, I just feel like again, this is just history repeating itself. And um, you know, um, it's just when you have an appreciation for uh, you know, um, your ancestors or those that were in the past that uh, created the craft. You know, that's when you have um, the the Kendrick Lamar's, you have the J Coles that are able to still kind of bring that type of. Uh, that form of form of hip hop still there, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I just say that like, you know, history's just repeating itself. So I guarantee um in, in a couple of years or whatever, they'll be saying the same thing about today's uh today's rappers, you know? So precisely. There's always a natural changing of the guards, right? It's mm -hmm. just as you said, it's from blues to Motown, from Motown to disco, from disco to rap, to rap to the two thousand. It's just natural of how time and like culture changes as it goes on. We're constantly referencing it back, but I, I think no matter how it goes, we all artists and anyone is in the culture is held to the Nina Simone quote, that the art should reflect the times. At the bare mm -hmm. basis, I feel like that's what every artist has a duty to do, no matter what's the medium, no matter what's going on. And kind of as we talk about the changing of the guards, Phil, can you tell us a little bit more about gang poetry um, and how you're getting started and what's the vision and what's the energy and the culture that you all are bringing. Of course. Um, so basically gang poetry, I started from a conversation amongst my cousin Javid and I. So one, uh, it was like one random day I called him up and I'm like, yo, cause like I do poetry, I do poetry. I don't know any poets in the area. And he was like, all right, like uh, I'm gonna hook you up with somebody. We'll, we'll have a conversation. So the very next day, I ended up meeting with um, a couple people that are in his company and then Raj and Raj is like, I'm a poet. And I'm like, that's crazy. I'm a poet. So we start doing poetry. And then from there, it just took off the idea of gang poetry was birth. We said we wanted to give poets a platform to come out and just express their art without being judged, but are able to just put everything they have into the world. Because once you, like you said, art is a reflection of reality. Once you put the art into the world, it's bigger than you. You never know who it's going to affect, who it's going to touch. So we just wanted to give people the platform to, come out and put what they feel, how they feel into the world so other people that resonate with it could, you know, they have something to look back at. They have something, oh, do you remember gang poetry? He said this, he said that. And now because you said what you said, you have a following behind you from just using the platform that we gave you to elevate your craft. I love that. I love that. Cause when, when, when you're on the right path and when, when, your, when your actions align with the vision 
that's bigger than you, it'll just click. You'll just start running into people, and it's like, what? You, you poetry? <laughs> it's <Yep>. just like, <laughs> y'all ever seen that meme with the two Spider-Mans, and he's like, the three Spider-Mans, and they're like, <laughs> like, there's a lot going here, but I, I love that it's called gang poetry, and then really just based on the summation you gave of it, make a space and a platform for folks to share, for folks to, no matter how you feel, to have that, to be vulnerable and to know that folks folks in the gang will take care of, yes. of you because it's on the gang. We got cool. you. So gang actually means gaining attention nonstop globally. Mm. So it's an extension of, uh, we have something called Creeper Gang. So Creeper Gang is creating reasonable efforts, enticing people anywhere, gaining attention nonstop globally. So we're just, we want to create those reasonable efforts. We want people to come out and just uh, do their due diligence, you know, work on their craft and perform to the best of their ability. And then we just want you to gain that attention nonstop globally. So just come and use our platform to elevate yourself because at the end of the day, like I said, it's bigger than us. That and it's, it, it, it warms my heart, right? Because it's, it's globally. And I think that a lot of times we limit ourselves to mm-hmm. just the region, the state, or just what we know is as this 95 strip or East Coast, West Coast, but to know that y'all are rooting in an international thinking is what's gonna take folks internationally, even if they can't get there physically yet. If your mind isn't where you are, then you will be fine no matter what comes your way. That's a fact. So we want to get back. I want to give everyone a chance to spit and hopefully do another round of spitting. Now, I might be asking for a two-for-one biscuit, but if we can have some spitting and then some vocal percussion from the amazing Omicron, that would be fabulous. So, so like, what, what are you looking for? Like, do, do you I'm looking for it. I would, if you can give us some poetry, if you can give us a beatbox, if you want to give us a mix, a combo, it's wherever the spirit moves you. I'm at. Okay. Um, so this is actually uh, one of my upcoming assignments. Um, one of the things that I've learned through the class is that like your pieces are are like living entities. So, like you can always go back and change stuff. So um, this is due on Tuesday, but um, uh, this was the um, voice assignment or the uh, the not the voice assignment. This is the the use of silence assignment. So using silence to kind of, you know, um, just use it cleverly. I'm not too sure. So I'll just get started. I don't have a name for the uh, uh, this yet. A flash of lights in a race of emotions. Keep your guard up, son! Everything is blurred and the only thing in focus is my opponent. Another flash of lights and the body refuses to respond. Doubt begins to creep in and feed on my once invincible ego. What are you doing? Another flash of lights and panic sets in like a broken dam. Abrupt darkness. All I can hear is my heartbeat. Yeah. Come on, man. That like, was... What? He did it. He did it. That, that was crazy. Different. I felt that. Like every heartbeat, I was like, oh my yeah. God, they're going next. Maybe it was the headphones. It was like, it's like, it's me. 
Yeah. So, so um, uh, we actually had um, we have like guest speakers comes on, and she actually mentioned um um, uh, uh, Elm City Lit. She's actually from uh from Connecticut. So when I mentioned uh, Shaw that I was coming onto your podcast, she was just like, oh yeah, so they so they out of New Haven, right? And I was just like, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, this was uh, Alexa Laurel. She came and um uh, uh dropped some words for us. So. Jesus. So I got that assignment from her. She's pretty dope. Yeah. That the the fact how you so the okay so the poem itself is dope, right? But with the added effects of where you're taking us in, I feel like your your craft is so beautiful because you enact different senses, right? So folks probably felt their chest move. We definitely felt it, but I, I just love where you're you're taking your craft and where you're experimenting and giving folks a mix. It's like, folk, you know, we've seen singing and poetry. There's always there's whenever the art art different art mediums become infused and people start putting them together, it starts to it's kind of like I don't know if you've ever seen Steven Universe, y'all. <laughs> but when you have like a gem fusion and yeah. you get like an opal, it's just like, yo, this is sick. And there's no other way that this could be happening. And thank you for sharing that with us. Like we kind of just got like a sneak peek. Like this didn't even hit the streets yet. This was, you said this was Tuesday's homework. Is this a homesy with us? It's lit. Holy moly. We got Brother Logic back. Um, hey, hey, can we tag you in to I, I hope. I hope my mind, I'm just so excited. I hope my mind isn't escaping me. You definitely haven't spit yet, right? No, no, I have not. Okay. I'm still on point. They haven't gotten me. And the feds. Damn. <laughs> 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 okay. We're going to, they trying to get us y'all, but we're going to, uh, can you hear us? Blink twice if you can see it. All right. Uh, um. Let me see. Okay. Let me see if I can memorize this. Um. This doesn't even have a title. This is sign I just wrote. Um. So I'll be sitting in my car, bumping on my old tracks. Rolling up a blunt as I'm puffing on this black. Thoughts keep on racing as I'm sipping on this jack. The situations that I'm facing got me thinking it's a trap. Man, a working man's a sucker, and I'm seeing that's a fact. The road to success, and I'm riding on four flats. Man, I'm always feeling stepped on like I'm a doormat. Man, I'm always feeling slept on like life is a long nap. Man, you gotta feel my flame as I'm putting it on wax. Put this, get this shit up off my chest to put this city on my back. I strive to be the best, put the city on a map. I'm dreaming that I could go, but I'm always stuck at where I'm at. This nightmare in the lost city of dreams. <sighs> ha. Eh. Hold up. This nightmare in the lost city of dreams. Uh, man. I ain't gonna lie, I can't even remember the rest. But that, that, <laughs> oh, hold up. This nightmare in the lost city of dreams. That was fire. It don't it don't matter if that was a to be continued, if that was it. 
No, that's sorry. No, definitely. That was that was dope, and I and I definitely have questions off that. See, my thing is, I I write and then I try to memorize it that day, (laughs) and then keep it moving. (laughs) Keep it. I love it. So I wanted, based off of a line logic just um spit, I wanted to pose to the group. What do you do if you feel slept on? Like, what do you do if you're, uh, you're, you know, you're beginning your journey or you're in your journey, or maybe you have, you've peaked, right? Or kind of like what the Pandaroni has done. I've, some folks was up, and then it all stopped, right? So you up, and now it's like, yo, it's not beeping. The phone not calling no more. They talking about we can't go outside. You gotta have on a mask. People can't gather. But let's say. You're just like you just feel like nobody hears you. Like you got you got you got these resources, you got these bars, you got this art, and but you don't have a way to get it out. Or let's say you may be overthinking or going back and forth within yourself. What's some advice that you all can give to young artists and creatives who may be feeling like yo, they don't hear me, but I'm riding for my city at the same time? I think um I think I'm kind of going through that right now. Um I got, I have all the stuff, but like I haven't um, uh, done the work to really, you know, uh, I guess kind of promote myself. Um, I run, I run like uh, networking classes. Um, I work for the, uh, the Covenant House of Greater Washington, D.C. And I run these uh, job readiness classes on uh, networking. And like some of the stuff I tell my youth is that like you have to be kind of aware of like your brand, like, uh, like and, and just pretty much how people like identify you. So like when they see you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? You know what I mean? So when I when I think of Shah, I think of uh, uh, the the networker, the, the the maneuver puller. You know what I mean? The the maestro. You know what I mean? And once you kind of get an idea of how people see you, um, then you got to come up with an idea of uh, what you actually want to be perceived as, and then you just got to start making those changes to adjust that. And ways you can do that are actually going to people that are in that exact same field just asking questions as much as possible and then just, you know, constantly changing. And after a while, you know, after you've been implementing those changes, uh, people will see you as the, the brand that you would want to set up. So um, if anything, I just say it, it's it's a tedious process of really just trying to get yourself out there um, and just being consistent, you know? Um, and it's kind of ironic that I'm saying this because <laughs> this is something that I'm like struggling with and I teach and I teach my, my youth at the Covenant House, but that's pretty much all it is at the end of the day, man. And really just don't be discouraged. Um, my beatboxing mentor, Chris Celez, um, for like the longest before I decided to want to like go out and like beatbox. So I was just like, yeah, but I'm not like world champion level, like like Chris in the beatbox house. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trash. I'm not like these guys, like there are levels. And, um, you know, um, it wasn't until like I went to him and he was just like, yo, don't even worry about how you come off. Just, just perform because uh, people are going to rock with you anyways. You know what I mean? Um, and then like, don't really try to like compare yourself to other people or other people's kind of successes. Like you got your own race that you're running, you know? So, um, yeah. (laughs) The cards everyone's dealt are the cards you're dealt, right? No matter what the hand looks like. Mm -hmm. Does anyone else want to add to that? Uh, so I got a great piece of advice when I first started Uh a couple months back and somebody had told me that people are going to love you and people are going to hate you. But at the end of the day, you, you're going to do it for the people that love you. you. You're not doing it for the haters. You're doing it for the people that you know are going to keep talking to, people that are going you know, to <laughs> stay tuned for your content. So 
as long as you're doing it for the right reason, and not even just for those people, as long as you're doing it for yourself and something you write has a message to it, you don't gotta do it for anybody else. Like if you if you could read what you wrote and you're like, ooh, like this is you know I, this resonates with me. You don't nobody has to feel it, but when you do perform that and people do feel it, it's gonna feel a lot better because it's like, like I said, it's bigger than you. At the end of the day, everything's always bigger than you. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, big enough. He took the words right out of my mouth. As long as you do it for yourself, when it's your art, um, when you're expressing yourself and you're doing it a hundred percent for you, people are gonna feel that regardless. Like, cause it's a hundred, it's real, it's pure. Like, you can't. That's undeniable. Um, and no matter what you're going through, and you put that on paper or on on, on a track or anything, there's always someone out there that can relate. And I mm -hmm. think that's the most important important thing about art is being able to connect to people and remind them that they're not alone in whatever situation that they're going through. Yes, sir. I mean, that that's like the biggest motivation for me when it comes to art, any art form, honestly, even with my clothing line, you know, Outcast and Weirdos, that's like, be you, be 100% yourself and don't be afraid to be yourself. Like, be the weirdo, be the outcast, it's okay, you know? That's I the think, whole move. I think it's important to, uh, also not be afraid to fail and actually to, work, to, to welcome failure because there no one ever garnered any success without some failure, you know? And I think, I think we learn more from things that we try that didn't go our way rather than things that, that did. And um, I think we, we experience a lot of personal growth when we step outside of our comfort zones. And, you know, when, when you're writing, creating art is such a personal, such a personal thing. You know, it can be very scary to like kind of put it out there, um, but you never know what who whose life you might touch, who you might inspire, and and I yeah, I just think it's important. Like, don't be afraid to fail. Just go out, go out and do it. I think it was uh, Bruce Lee. Um, Bruce Lee had said, um, "Losing is a state of mind. You never lose. You learn. Everything's a lesson." Yeah. <laughs> That's a lesson. That's what I was about to say. Bouncing off of every loss is a lesson. That's right. Because if you get well, if you get caught up in like failures or if you seeing it as a negative, it's like, whoa! I just kind of went through that for nothing, right? And then going through something for nothing is like the worst feeling possible. But I think Michelle brings up an important point of understanding failure. It's natural. As there's up, there's down. It's gonna happen. It's always a setback for a setup. No matter how it may it's seem, exactly. The time is ever changing. There's an ever flow of things, just naturally. So it's really about how you maintain. How do you respond when it gets low? When it gets hard? Like, are you are you going to fold? Are you going to blame yourself? Or are you going to be like, okay, well, I'm here, and this is just what's happening. Um, the line that is, you can't worry about what you can't control. It's so simple contextually. But in application, it's such a, a strength to have. And I think everything we're talking about are all skills that we're, we're working on ourselves and that you, someone will always, always work on. You'll always work on your courage. You'll always work on pulling yourself out of your comfort zone. Because if you feel like Ms. Ife, who's our founder, who is working Facebook right now, she always says, you never feel like you arrived. If you felt like you arrived, mm -hmm. if you peaked in high school, what do you do these other 40 years? What do you do if you're just like, oh, well, that was fun. Now what are we going to do? That part. <laughs> LOL. 
Michelle, I wanted to get into your YA writing. Can you tell us a little bit more about, well, a lot more about that, to be honest? Yeah. Um, YA simply stands for young adult. Um, and it's it's pretty much just a, just what the market calls um, that kind of genre of books. They It's marketed towards uh, teenagers. Um, and there's there's a little bit of a stick. There's been a little bit of a stigma in the literary world about young adult literature that it's uh, that it's e that it's oftentimes easier to write that anyone can write a young adult novel for um, teenagers or whatever. But uh, I I wholly disagree that it's not as easy, uh, and if not, it's harder because a person's defining years are the teenage years and if you're writing a, story, a young adult novel for teenagers, you, you want to navigate that correctly. And, uh, and yeah, I grew up, I, uh, I wasn't much of a writer or reader until really, well, rap one, but mostly what I got into reading from young adult novels and uh, young adult novels really inspired me um, to read more and to become a writer to become a serious writer. Um, for example, uh, S.E. Hinton really inspired me, John Green, Robert Cormier. And uh, and at some point, I just very young, very young at like 14, I just kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. And I just kind of followed that. So I do a lot of mostly, most of my reading is young adult, is young adult literature. Um, and I'm actually currently working on a young adult uh, fantasy trilogy right now, a book series. Mm. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited about that. And uh, yeah, I'm working diligently on that. And yeah, it's really, it's, it's young adult, the young adult market is, uh, is I think, I think it's amazing. I think it's, it's my favorite space to kind of, kind of creatively um, explore for sure. You bring up a uh, you bring up an interesting point about um, the the genre of young adult fiction and how you said that it seems easier, but you definitely just pointed out that it's not the case. And because these are formative years, right? So I feel like that comes with a level of responsibility, like being a teacher. Everyone isn't cut out to teach, because I think about books that I read in my when I was a young adult, like that, you said John Green, John Green took me on so many different journeys and rides. I think about Sister Soldier. I think about the bios that you get, whether it's like Asada Shakur, whether it's um, a Malcolm X, you, there's different books that you go through that take you on a ride. And it's like, okay, everybody can't do this. So you can't necessarily deem it as anybody could do it because it's for children. I feel like anything that has to do with children, there's a certain level of delicacy and duty that's there. Because you just, anybody just can't go around the kids. Everyone isn't meant to be an educator and informer in that way. So definitely I wanted to give you your flowers for even stepping, for being a person in that field, for taking that responsibility and providing content for this demographic of our population that's kind of really looked over at Elm City Lit. We do a lot of intergenerational, like we all vary in age at this moment. Like the only per I think the oldest person on this call right now is 31, minus Rev Kevin in the back. <laughs> we all vary in different ages and it definitely brings us different perspective. And I think as our communities heal and we move forward, that that's something we can't forget. 
It can't just be, okay, the youth are doing this and the elders over there. No, it's all of us, everybody, as we think about those who are coming up from us. Um, you spoke about some of the people who've inspired you, Michelle. I wanted to ask folks who've inspired your writing or who currently is inspiring your writing as you create it, whether it's poetry or music or anything that you're into. Like who, what's, 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 what's um, guiding you right now? <laughs> so uh, life. I like to I like to write about experience and just like things that I feel like I could be sitting there. I look up at the sky and the sky will be it'll be golden hours. So the sun's like an orange color and I'll think of something ooh, it looks like a tangerine and that'll give me inspiration. The tangerine color sky and it'll I'll write like that. So basically I can find inspiration from anything. But what I like to do when uh, when I'm not writing is I like to study some of the great poets that that are already doing it like jay-z dmx i3000 their wordplay the way they're able to to just uh find different pockets on the beat and make words rhyme that shouldn't have rhymed is just incredible to me so i try to emulate the things that they do and i just try to turn that into my poetry because i don't want my poetry to ever sound like it's a rap but i want to give it that cadence to where it comes off and you can feel you can feel the rhyme without a beat actually being on exactly yeah uh, I'll go next. Um, so some people like I, I'm 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 like Phil. I don't I don't really get in like I don't really get inspiration from uh, like specific people necessarily, or, like celebrities or like some big rappers. You know, I I, I got my Kendrick Lamar's and and Joey Badass and, and stuff like that. But you know, when I'm really around, you know, other poets like like in there like when when we did the gang poetry night and i'm just sitting there listening to everybody i'm like okay i gotta be better than him or i gotta be better than him i gotta be better than him or even nah nah i want to work with him i want to work with phil i want to work with mk i want to work with logic you know and stuff like that so you know that really jogs my creative process but also you know i can just i, I got inspiration from watching family guy the other day and it's comes something completely different. Like, like he he fought the chicken, and I was like, oh, you know what's crazy? The ocean the other day was beautiful. I could really write some stuff about that. And it it, it doesn't connect at all, but it's just like oh, it's a snap in my mind. And it's just and things like that are it's you know we was talking about Bruce the other day. I mean, not the other day, earlier. Uh, you know, be like water. Everything flows naturally. Yep. 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 I know that whole quote. I said, open your minds, be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes a cup. You put it into a teapot, it becomes a teapot. Put it in a bottle, it becomes a bottle. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big avid, the great. Yeah, big avid Bruce Lee fan. Like um, I'm a I'm a martial artist, so like I can talk about fighting all day like but the reason but, but for people that don't know the reason why bruce lee's so influential is because um he was the first to kind of realize that like you know there isn't just one martial art that's better than the other or like you know back then everybody's like oh my boxing is better than your muay thai and that's the ultimate gospel and this is the ultimate fight style but what bruce lee kind of realized and even with his fight style jeet Kune Do, was that like you know um 
every martial art had something to give and take from it. You know what I mean? And like he used that kind of like as a life philosophy in general. Like we're constantly um, being inspired by other people and taking taking what we believe to be useful and helpful to our lives and discarding the stuff that isn't. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, I feel like it can go off on a tangent, but I'm not going to do that because <laughs> I could talk forever. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that like um, Bruce Lee was the first to really, you know, um, come up with the idea that we're all like really unique individuals who have the ability to, you know, you're an iteration of what can be and the endless possibilities of what can be. You know what I mean? So like you can take this. I'm sorry. Let me stop. <laughs> no, you are. Right. Oh, man, good, bro. You can't stop. You can't stop the natural flow. I think what you're feel, what you're sharing, and how you're sharing it so naturally. I think is kind of when you all speak about. I just got an idea, or when something just comes to you, when it just flows organically and it flows naturally. It's like you've captivated all of us, so we're all here because what you're saying, we're supposed to hear. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I've just loved today. And I would just like to say everyone here has really phenomenal music taste. I've heard some names that have just, I've heard Freddie Gibbs. I've heard Joey Badass. I've heard <laughs> folks talk about Hove and DMX. I'm really glad I could have jumped out of my seat. Prayers up for DMX. <laughs> yes, definitely. We will send our love and our prayers to X. And I'm glad that Logic said he's a poet. And folks understand that X is like a poet. That man is a genius. <laughs> just. Like off rip, that man is a genius. <laughs> yeah, I think he's actually um he's uh, stable now. I think he's actually doing pretty good. The last I heard, um, yeah, he's breathing on his own. That's all I know. He's not, so he's no longer on life support. He's breathing on his own. So that's yeah. that's definitely a good thing. So for those that don't know, um, uh, rapper DMX was recently hospitalized due to a um uh, a drug overdose. And I think that was on Friday, but um, I think I heard about this on Saturday that he's actually uh, in stable condition. He's doing better. So yeah, he's doing much. He is. He's doing much better. And X, as many folks and many artists that folks we know have, they're on an ever-changing journey, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like every every two times it, like you get signs like, okay, I need you to tighten up. I need you to come on. Let's let's do. Let's make this happen. And I think what we're seeing now is a lot of folks showing their love. I think back in the day, you couldn't necessarily have getting the love as one can get the love on social media. And I think for folks and everyone to know, like folks from across the world are rocking with you, especially when we think about folks in our circle, in our villages, like gang poetry is a village. Uh, DC Spit Academy is a village. Like we're creating a village here at Elm City Lit Fest. And it's, you need it as you maneuver and groove through life. Um, we are coming down to the, the end of our time together, but I do want to give folks who haven't had a chance to respond to the who inspires you, but also tag in some folks to um, to spit, to say a final piece as we exit. Um, so I'll tag in Phil and then Phil, if you can tag other folks when you're finished and you know, you can, you can respond, you can close out however you would like to close out. I'll leave that up to you all, which you would like to leave the people with. Great. So, um, Final piece I'm actually going to do is called uh, The Root of Sin. All right. So my voice is powerful. My skin birthed a nation. But 
your injustices geared to just us. So fuck your emancipation proclamation. We had a vision. We had a dream. And that vision turned into a nightmare. But you got people looking at me thinking, why should I care? Because if we were all born equal, explain to me how was it fair? I didn't choose to call this place my home. You kidnapped me and brought me here. We will combat with combat, but I don't need a bat. My militia won't be militarized, and we don't need no hats. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and we don't need no cats. But we don't discriminate. We're indifferent because we've experienced years of that. So send my word through the printer and let them know that these are facts. Limitations on the amendment in my mind like a remnant Bound by words through a document approved by the Senate I don't get it, but the real savage is in the way you did it I won't get into particulars, but you strangled vernaculars Until we choked up languages forgotten but spectacular It's a race with this given race We were born of sin I wonder if the apple wasn't ate back when we began. If that apple could be used as a peace offering, but you can't change the past. Looks like they missed a great friend. I wish somebody would have known the tree of knowledge would cause great sin. Appreciate y'all. So, um, that was awesome. Thank you. I actually have, uh, so I have some more uh, content coming out recently. It's called PTSD, which is my pain turns change demons that I have. It's going to be a four-part series I have going on on Instagram right now. It's basically just talking about how pain could take somebody that was so innocent and pure and uh, just turn them into a demon, which is like either them being on their demon time or now they're just like so toxic and, you know, hurt people, hurt people. So it's like, you know, pain turns change demons. I just want everybody to tap in, stay tuned for the content I got coming, the visuals, everything is going to be crazy. So I appreciate everybody for tapping into this. So we will definitely make sure to share everything everyone has going on. Um, Brother Bear, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah. So this next piece is called Control. Um, the reason I don't drink or get high, I'll need a smoke screen to get by your hazy eyes to see the sunshine. These are wide open. No distance between the moon and me. I handle what's supposed to be. The only other secrets kept are the ones that have no hold on me. The difference is the older me might be able to tell as all fell down that these vices don't control when that big star touches the ground. I could imagine him like how? Could you imagine? Sorry. I could imagine him like how? Could you possibly think that having a little phone damaged the potential of your future looking like the sun? I know there's fractures in your mind. I traveled to different spaces in time to when you saw your mommy banging on the line or when you saw your auntie cracked out laying on the side. It was hard to say hi, even harder to say bye. But you pushed through. Now look at you, standing tall, thinking you above it all. Even a look at Hennessy would make that skin crawl. You got a call, said the deadbeat who was supposedly your dad to be was looking for some serenity and OD'd on what could have been some ecstasy. Crack cocaine, methamphetamines, remember we? Traveled and built the city. Everything was so fun to me, but you let it slip again and your father might have some company. Wallowing self-doubt, wondering how successfully you damaged your life with mental weaponry. Might do so many drugs, you die on the couch so comfortably that your best friend doesn't realize you passed while your body loses color, see you starting to look ugly. 
You wake up in the clouds, higher one asking, what do you want from me? And it's just a second chance because you were in the first one with that sip of bubbly. So this time I suggest you run for me. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's me, Brother Bear. You can follow me on Instagram at, at King Brother Bear. Um, and you can follow my collective at Trans. It's, it's in my bio. Yeah, you can just follow baby. <laughs> you can follow the transcribers. We do have an event coming up in May. We are looking for poets. So if there are any poets on the stream watching, and my bro my brother and sister here, um, please come through. Uh, but yeah, that's me. Check me out. We love it, um, brother Logic. Do you can you bless us? Yes, uh, I'm gonna go a little lover boy on on this. Um, life it's called lifetime. <clears throat> can I love you for a lifetime? Can I feed your soul and kiss your love lines? Caress your hips with my lips and run my tongue down your spine. Is that cool? Can you tell me your dreams as I gaze into your eyes so vivid? As I recognize this soul that is purely artistic. I mean, you wear your ambitions like a tattoo. No need for a vaccine to unmask you. <clears throat> i never seen such beauty before. You transcend space and time. I can search the cosmos and collect a thousand suns and it still won't measure up to your shine. I just want to take your hand and slow dance across the Milky Way. Is that okay? I want to hear every story behind every scar. I want to know every person that hurt you so I can cut the brake lines from their car. <laughs> but nah, for real though, I know you're strong. I know you're brave and daring. I know you're witty, charismatic, and caring. And I also apologize for all those times that you caught me staring. But to be real, I just think that you're absolutely radiant. I mean, looking at you, ain't no way I could be atheist. I see the goddess in you. So can I make you mine? Can I cater to your every need, support, and help you achieve every, every dream if you don't mind? So, can I love you for a lifetime? Like I said, you can go um, on my IG, logic underscore Taylor. I have a clothing line called Outcast and Weirdos. That's, uh, the link is in that bio as well. Um, and I have two other lines that I'm dropping in June. One is called um, Know Your Worth, and another line that's called Hippie Life. And um, I'm working on, um, I'm actually just starting on a short, I'm writing on the script for a short film, a set of short films, actually, um, that's about uh, the, the life of a single father. I mean, uh, I know I'm a dad myself who's going through his own little issues, and I have several friends who are dads who are, who are struggling to, you know, be in their child's life full time. And I feel like we've always heard the story of a bad dad. And I think it's time that we, we hear, we give a story about good fathers who, who are trying their best. So that's, that's, those are the things that I'm working on. And I got a couple other things that I'm working on, but I don't want to say just yet, but yeah. I want to appreciate you guys for uh, letting me on this as well. Of course, of course. It's our duty, right? As Elm City Lit Fest, we are here to, uh, we're really based in service. 
And as Brother Logic has captured our hearts and we are all floating on clouds, let's float right on over to Michelle. Um, well, first, I just want to say, like, hearing you guys spit, uh, it's, uh, it's been, it's really inspiring, really. And uh, um, I'm already getting kind of inspiration for a new piece. So I just want to say thank you to all, all of you. Um, this is called uh, Little Magic. Say the magic words and it will all go away. Rest is futile, followed by words used to pray, and grief returns like do after day. Death is like a little magic. Poof, gone. The white rabbit disappears through the hole in the wall that leads somewhere underground. And only after time does its thing, it too returns without a sound. Whenever you watch a perfect snowflake fall and melt away on the ground. When you wake from a dream you can't remember, the tear in the corner of your eye, warm and round. The white rabbit returns from behind a red curtain to show you, to remind you of some other words you have found. Um, you guys can follow me at my really my socials, which is pretty much MK Calero, M K C A L E R O, pretty much everywhere. Uh, mostly, I post my writings, uh, poetry on Instagram, and uh, the more performances I do, they're definitely going to go up there. Um, and Shah, I just want to say this has been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for having me. My heart is so full. Like I'm over here geeking. I'm trying to be cool, but I'm geeked out right now. <laughs> Thank you all. Last but certainly not least, Omicron. Can you take us out, my brother? Yeah. Um, once again, I just want to say uh, thank you for for uh, having all of us. You guys are all talented. You're all really dope. Um, I think one thing to kind of take away from this is that, like, you know, um, you got to give back. I mean, we, we haven't gotten as far as we have as a, as a species or just even a race, you know, without like uh, relying on somebody else. So um, just got to give back as much as possible. Um, yeah. OK, I'll just I'll just started. You guys ready? <laughs> Boom. Cat. Tick a tick a tip cap, tick a boom, tip a cap a boom, to boom, cap a tick a boom. <laughs> no, I'm just playing with y'all. I'm playing with y'all.
wait, 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 wait. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name's supposed to leave now thank you thank you thank you thank you that was um you can follow me on instagram at o-m-i-c ron shaman or oh no it's o-m-i-c ron beatbox sorry about that o-m-i beatbox um um again i just started poetry but i'm trying to figure out how to kind of incorporate that into my poetry um I am I'm actually going to be performing at a project in um, July. Uh, that's through the uh, DC Spit That Academy. At the end of this, um, they're partnered up with uh, the Woolly Mammoth Theater Company, as well as uh, live, a live performance at the Ark. And this is the Homegrown, which is an initiative for um, homegrown artists from Ward 7 and Ward 8 of, uh, DC, of uh, Washington, DC. Um, I'm going to be also performing tomorrow. They'll kill me if I mess this up. <laughs> um, this is going to be at the Spit That Digital, The Youth Are the Truth, Part 1. This is going to be on Monday at um, 8 p.m. You can go on Instagram and follow uh, DC Spit That. Um, it's just exactly how it is. It's DC, S-B-I-T, D-A-T. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and with that being said, that's that on that. Okay, my heart is so full. This has been a phenomenal show. Time has just flown by. We've honestly gone over our time, and I love when this happens because this was just like a dope, genuine, authentic conversation that just flows so beautifully. Thank you all for coming up here and sharing and just really being your transparent selves with us. We want to give a big shout out always to Rev Kev and Bayo Bowtree Studios for holding us down. They do all of our tech. Rev, Rev makes sure we look spectacular out here in these streets. A big shout out to Emily Mayo, our girl, one of the co-coordinators on Elm City Lit Fest, who does all of our marketing and a lot of our behind the scenes work. And a, the biggest shout out to our OG, our matriarch, Miss Ife. Miss Ife, Michelle Gardine, we love you. We would all not be here without Miss Ife. So we give her our flowers as we all join here. Another big shout out and thanks to SVP Partners of Connecticut for sponsoring this podcast. And with that being said, is that on that? We will see you all another two weeks. Thank you all for showing up and coming out. Please follow these folks. Don't just be watching and don't do the application after. It's really all in the follow-up. So check out everything that they said. We will definitely post the links and stay safe and stay sharp. We'll see you later. Thank you.